Let's talk politics. Let's talk emotion. Let's talk about other movies we've seen. Let's talk about popularity. Let's talk about this baseball. Let's talk solutions. Come on, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Good morning. Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of Let's Talk. I am your host, Ryan Wangman. I am a writer and journalist from Chicago, Illinois. And let's get hyped. It is opening day in Major League Baseball, a day um, many thought would never come, but alas, here it is. Um, And today I have a very special guest with me, and that is my dad. So dad, how are you doing this morning? Um, It's a little early for me, um, but I know you got a timeline, so I respect that. I'm also happy to be a guest. It looks like uh, my begging and pleading uh, finally Finally, wore you down. Good things come to those who wait. So we're both sitting here at our back table. We've got cups of coffee in hand. I have a. I'm wearing my Sammy Sosa jersey. Um, Bring him back. Bring him back. And I've also got my little Cubs mug. So we are going to talk opening day in baseball, and specifically, we are going to talk about the Cubs. The Cubs don't play until tomorrow night against the Brewers um, with Hendricks on the mound. But I guess I just wanted to get, you know, before we get we get into the Cubs of the present, I just wanted to know, Dad, can you tell us about, you know, one of your favorite opening days from the past? I know you, I don't think you've been to an opening day because they're too cold, as you've told me before, but... Do you, do you have any memories from any opening days that, that you want to share? Anything, you know? Well, a couple opening day thoughts. First of all, um, I'm not wearing any Cubs attire. I'm not wearing any baseball attire because the first game tonight is actually has involves the Yankees. So as a true baseball fan, I hate the Yankees. So I don't actually recognize this as opening day. Okay. Opening day will be tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and as you mentioned, um, opening day, I don't know that opening day has really had as much significance uh, for me. Obviously, I'm a lifelong Cubs fan, uh, but typically beginning of April, you know, it's just so miserable. Um, you know, your mom and I used to live in Wrigleyville for, oh, what, 12, 12 years. Uh, for nine years, we lived, what, four blocks away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made it a, a habit when we lived so close to get nine, ten games a year. And the ones in April and May were were just miserable. So uh, it was a few years ago, uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, that I put a rule in place that I wouldn't buy a game before June 1st. So I actually do remember opening days where you would get so excited, uh, um, just like today. Um, just like today. <laughs> and, and you'd beg me, can we go to opening day, opening day? And I, you know, I hate to put a damper on it, but I normally said no, A, because the tickets were hard to get and really expensive, and it was going to be a miserable day, and I could watch it on TV. But I do know your mom stepped up once or twice and uh, and took you to a couple opening days. She Well, I think it might have just been the one, but I, I remember I think it was about seven or eight years ago we went and they were playing the Nationals. It was actually one of the first times Strasburg was pitching. So that was honestly what I was the most excited about is because just to see Steven Strasburg live. Um, but I remember in a classic Chicago fashion, we got there and I think either you or mom had warned me, oh, you need to 
you know, you need to pack extra layers. It's going to get really cold, especially if the wind shifts um, and it starts coming in on you. And I think I had like two layers on and then the wind shifted around like the fifth or sixth inning. And I was so cold, but I didn't want to be wrong. So I just kind of sat there and took it. Um, but ever since then, I feel like I've, I usually plan the extra layers but i mean it can get so cold at wrigley i mean we're talking like i don't know we went to a game last year that had to be in the the 40s um when it and that was a may game when we went to the northwestern you know sponsored cubs game and it was it was so cold and we still saw people there in shorts i i don't really understand how people can go to a game and know i mean you can check the forecast um and and they'll go to these games and they 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 won't I guess and they'll just go out and, and rock the shorts. Um, well, and and with the cold too, because with that game last year, I mean, it, it was now that you can drink, right? I I can remember it being cold enough that we neither of us even even wanted to drink, <laughs> no. right? So when that happens, uh, then that that's that's not good. Um, uh, although we did get some killer hats out of that, the Northwestern colored Ooh, yes. uh, Cubs hats. I mean, that was worth. Uh, that was worth the 20 bucks ticket or whatever it was. That was awesome. Yeah, those hats. I mean, that's a hat that um, Nikki even asked me to – like I, I, I remember I haggled with one of my friends at Northwestern because Nikki wasn't able to go to the game, but she really wanted one of the hats. And I knew that peop- like a bunch of people from Northwestern had gotten the tickets and then never gone to the game. So I remember haggling with somebody and, and getting a hat for her because they are – I mean, they're pretty nice. But I, I, what are your thoughts on, you know, you, you talk about you had nine, ten games. You usually got them um, when you back when you lived in Wrigley. But this year, we also did the same thing. We got, we, you know, we planned ahead. We got the, the eight-game ticket pack. It was part of my Christmas present. We were so excited to go. And now we're both haunted by the calendar reminders of every game that we were supposed to go to, but, but not anymore. Um, yeah, I was really haunted. Until I checked my credit card uh, <laughs> yesterday, and I finally got the the refund for. Oh, you finally did. Tickets. So, um, I actually think I owe you some money since part of that was your <laughs> Christmas gift. But uh, yeah, I mean, those things would pop up, and it would be like, oh my god, tonight, you know, we were supposed to go see the Sox. Uh, tonight, we were yeah, supposed yeah. to go see. That was the recent one, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just excited that it starts again. I mean, as much as going to the game is fun, um, for me, the game uh, is about how it fits into your daily life. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for a while here, I haven't re- been reading really any sports. Sure. I know you subscribe or you got me the athletic subscription, which I love, but there's no, there was no reason to, to really read it for the last couple months. Um, and so now... It's not just the game day, right? It's not just the game itself, but it's the 20 minutes of reading uh, about the game and reading Sharma, or I always get his name wrong. Sahadev. Sahadev and his, um, his analytics and, you know, you know what, what's the spin ratio of, you know, <laughs> Hendricks versus Lester. So there's a, that time that you get to spend just kind of prepping for the game. And, but, and I think you agree that, what I, I love watching the game, but I love being in the car going somewhere and remember, oh, the game's on. And yeah, turning on definitely. the game and Pat Hughes. Oh, uh, Pat, Pat Hughes. Hughes. Mm. I wish, you know, even if the, even when the season was done, I, I think they should have still had maybe Pat Hughes just do, a, just do a talk show or something. I mean, there's something 
uh, soothing. There's some, you know, his he and his banter with Ron. Um, it's just something, and he's so good at what he does, right? I so think, good. I think, and the re- the reason I realized that is when you were at Northwestern and you were doing, um, you know, you were broadcasting um, some baseball games, right? So then after the game, you'd say, hey, what did you think, right? And then I had to, to give you feedback. And that was often really tough, right? Because I was, you know, I was so, <laughs> I was so used to Pat Hughes. And Pat Hughes is so good. He's right? so good. I mean, I can't be Pat Hughes. I'm sorry. Right. But I forget what your baseball, what your home run call was. You were trying, right? We, we talked about, like, got to have a home run call. And I think we even went online and searched for other people's home run calls. <laughs> Because that's got to be unique and distinctive and stuff like that. And so I felt bad because I, you know, I would give you feedback comparing you versus one of the best. And, uh, you know, you took it. um, And I actually think, you know, that experience, though, calling live sports has probably helped you a lot in being a podcaster, being an interviewer, doing all of those things. Specifically, well, my friend, when he was listening to your podcast, especially with the one that you did with Sam, he was saying that, you know, you seem so conscious to, to know to explain the situation to the people, you know, the bottling and the cap crimping and all that stuff that you were talking about. So um, that, you picked up something. It's obviously. just good boots on the ground journalism. You know, you got to be, you got, if, especially on the, on the audio medium, you really have to, like you said, like, like Pat does, you got to set the scene because people can't. People can't see what's going on. They can only hear, and they, you know, their knowledge of what's going on is only as good as how you can explain it to them. And I, I honestly think I've had had that experience. You know, for bringing it back to baseball, just the more you watch, obviously, and the more you listen, and the more like you know, last season, I, I would say I, I don't think I missed more than like five games in the season. And so when you're just constantly getting those reps, even if it's passive, of just like watching in the background or listening to it you really do i mean you get a better understanding of the game but you also just get better at you know talking about the game and all these kinds of things so which and something you said there reminds me what's going to be really interesting is they've now said because of the baseball restrictions that the home team announcer especially the radio announcers they're not going to travel with the team so they're going to sit in their own stadium and watch monitors and then call the game from those monitors and what's interesting is what they were talking about yesterday on the radio is what's that going to be like when, especially hearing, they used to be able to hear the crack of the bat on the ball. You know, they would have their booth open, right, and they could sure. hear the crack of the ball. And that crack of the ball would tell them something as to about how far it was going to go. Now they're watching it on TV uh, like we are. And so the, the hypothesis is there's going to be a lot of times when they're like, well hit, well hit. Uh, and then it's going to be a pop out to, you know, right behind short base. Sure. You know, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how Pat uh, kind of adjusts to that and whether we'll give him some slack or not. Yeah. And leaning on my own, I mean, my own limited radio experience, we, we would do the same thing. We'd open the booth. We'd also drop like a crowd mic out the window so you could have that kind of natural sound. So I'm also interested just to hear like what it sounds like. Um, in the booth and and how that's going to because because also the you know you talk about having it out in the background some of the beauty is having you know the crowd noise you hear you know even when they're not talking it's not silence and maybe they'll pump in but i don't even know how you pump in crowd noise to a radio broadcast it makes more sense on tv um 
like London JD were talking last night. I mean, they were talking about the Premier League. They were incorrect on some of the things they were saying, but they did, you know, I think that that's the lead that baseball should follow is the Premier League and how they've figured out a way to actually make that sound. I mean, it's somebody's job to match the sound to the moment, but I think they've done a really good job of actually making it feel like the fans are still there. Right. So, um, but I guess I I do want to address the kind of the elephant in the room and I want to get your thoughts on this. I have my own thoughts, but I want to hear what you have to say first. What do you think about the fact that we are playing baseball during a pandemic as if there was nothing going? I mean, the Blue Jays can't even find a stadium right now and we're still kind of carrying on as if it were business as usual. Well, you and I disagree a little bit, right? There's no such thing as business as usual anymore. Um, I, I, I've heard a lot about the protocols that they have in place. You listen to a lot of these baseball interviews with the players, and they're taking it really seriously. Um, I mean, I do think you know it's it's going to get a little dicey when they have to go on the road and stuff like that. But I, I think they're putting whatever things they need to put in place. This is I don't know if this is truly analogous, but um, you, you know um, after nine eleven, right? Um, baseball stopped for I think it was a couple of days, maybe it was a week. And it's just it's just this really weird thing. Maybe it's just you know baseball fanatics don't really care about anything other going on in the world. But there was a feeling that it was important to get the game going again, to get some kind of normalcy back in into people's lives. And I think the same is true here. I mean, we all need something to look forward to, and um, this certainly is brightening my day. Not today, because tomorrow's the true opening day. But um, so you know, I, I, you know, the tests that are coming back now. Everybody, you know, the the percentage that are positive is really low, and I'm just hoping that they can play and they can put a model in place that keeps people safe. So. I mean, I think they have done a lot. No people in the stands. Uh, so, well, you know, I, I'm i going to say the glass is half full and that this is the right thing to do. And um, um, if we can get 60 games in, that's great. If we if we only go a couple weeks and then they have to stop because it just didn't work, all right, well, at least you, at least you gave it a try. And and, and I, I guess I, I respect that. Let's let's at least give it a try. Just to me, it, it feels – and I understand the, the want for hope. I understand the, the want for all these things. But I, I keep going back to Sean Doolittle who's the Nationals closer and who you know has been very outspoken about this whole process from the jump. And I really feel like – I mean I still have a pretty sour taste in my mouth from – you know the bad faith negotiations that the owners had at the beginning of all this because you know if you want to talk about could we have done this earlier could we have had you know maybe a more comprehensive plan in place for how to deal with the health and safety part of it i mean just look at the nba i mean the nba obviously you can't have a bubble for baseball but you know I think that I read something that like sports are the reward of a well-functioning society. And I think you look at the society that we are currently living in and, and we are not well-functioning at the moment. And I think that sports are a distraction, but I think you know it's really hard to distract yourself from what's going on because it's – it's it's not it's not good news out there. And I think that I will be happy you – know, I'm, I'm obviously going to watch baseball. I'm not going to boycott the game. Um, but it's just it's a much different environment than it was when it stopped and i think that you know not enough people are really acknowledging that um at least from what i've seen or or people are 
are just I guess people are just happy that it's back, which I can't I can't blame them for. Yeah. I mean my my goal my hope is that you get all four sports running at one time. Tell everybody, you know, you got hockey's coming back, basketball's coming on, you got NFL, maybe, you know, and just get all of them going again and tell everybody to stay home, crack a cold one, um, and, and that's, you know, and stay out of, stay inside. So I don't know whether it'll help or not. Um, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, bring it on. Yeah, and so I guess now that we've 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 kind of gotten the overview of the league, we talked a little bit about some opening day memories. I really want to hear your thoughts on the Cubs on their opening day roster. First off, what do you think about the decision to to make Hendricks the opening day starter? Because I was honestly pretty surprised. Um, in Hendricks, I trust. Right, um, you know when you look at a big game picture. Um, and I was also thinking about this for the the players that I've always loved. Um, baseball, tennis, my, my true, my first passion. I've always loved the players who are tremendous players, but are quiet and just lead by example. Right. And so like growing up, my, my hero was Bjorn Borg, which was a phenomenal tennis player who just didn't say anything. You know, people probably didn't think he, people thought he was just a robot and stuff like that. Um, as a Cubs fan, someone like Andre Dawson, when I was, you know, um, when he was playing in the what, 80s, right? He was just such a phenomenal baseball player, but just quiet leader, right? So I look at Hendricks the same way, obviously well-educated, well-spoken, um, but just somebody who, you know, regard, you know, in game seven, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't know what was happening. You never know what's happening to him. He could have just given up a grand slam and his face doesn't change, and I like that. So... And who else? Who am I going to go with? Um, I like Dar- Dar- Darvish. Darvish? Darvish. <laughs> Darvish. Um, as a, I think he's funny. I think, you know, um, and I, his stuff is just filthy. But I don't trust him yet, right? He, he's still, until he gets command of it, he's a guy who maybe towards the end of the 60 games will, will be lights out. Um, Lester, you know, I, I, I think we're, we're on the back side. I mean... I still might give Lester the ball in game one and if we're in the World Series, right? Because cause he'll, he'll grind it out. But who's number four? I'm not, I'm, I'm Quintana? Playing. Well, Quintana's not in the, with his thumb injury. Oh, yeah. I forgot um, about that. So I think Tyler Chatwood might have gotten into the fifth spot. Maybe Alec Mills. Yeah. So, okay, if we just go through that list. Yeah, Hendricks is, Hendricks is my guy. See, for me, it, it should be Darvish and um, – you know, I think he got a lot of unwarranted hate that first season he was here because he was quote unquote mentally weak. But you got to remember, he was coming off a World Series in which the Astros stole signs against him. And all the talk that happened before then, you know, would just obviously we didn't know that that was happening at the time. But he, he you know, I think that substantially impacted his confidence for an entire season. And then he was unfortunately, you know, diagnosed with that injury. So I feel like, it, you know, that first season left a bad taste in a lot of Cubs fans' mouths. Okay. And I think the last season, what he has to do is prove that he can limit the home run ball. But that's something that every pitcher has to do because of, you know, the juiced ball from last season and how, you know, home runs are just flying out of the park. But I really do think his pitch mix, I think he throws six or seven different pitches. I mean, he's 
he's he's he's dominant, and I can understand why Hendricks is the choice. He's a finesse pitcher. They just signed him to you know I think it was a four year or five year deal at spring training last season, so he definitely makes sense. I just kind of you know I really want to see you Darvish out there striking out some Brewers because he you know oh man I hate the Brewers. <laughs> no, so do I. Um, but yeah, I, either one was fine with me. Again, I told you why I like I like the quiet confidence of Hendricks. And he looked good. He looked good a couple nights ago against the Sox. Darvish, what he give up four and you know give up grand slam. You know, uh, it, I mean, uh, okay, you you forgot that. I mean, it's 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 not that I forgot it, but it's like who really cares about these spring training no, summer true. camp games? They don't true. they don't matter. True. So I mean, it really just depends on how they perform when the lights are when the lights are the brightest um, on opening day and and, and every game thereafter, but. I guess my next question for you is, what are you thinking about about Ross? You know, this is going to be the first time we're actually seeing him um, manage, which which is a storyline that I guess has kind of been forgotten amid all the other yeah, storylines. Yeah, I was thinking about that last night. I was just like, you know, a year ago when um, when Madden, I love Joe Madden. I don't care. You know, people call. Oh, I love him too. I talk about um, you know his game management and even even in the World Series you know that they won despite some of his moves. He, pulling, they won. Hendricks. <laughs> they won. But they won, right? And so you know I'm in my fifties and you know lifelong Cub fan. I saw a lot of bad baseball, a lot of bad, ba- a lot of a lot of times when we weren't even through middle of May and we were already out of it. So any man who brings me to the promised land. Uh, so I'm, and I thought he got, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think he had a lot of the weapons that he needed he in did. the last he, year or two. He, right? he didn't, absolutely Cubs, not. I think the Cubs, I love Theo too, but he may, he may have some swings and misses there. So, um, I guess though, if there were anybody to replace him, um, I like David Ross. Uh, part of it is, boy, during this pandemic, and you know, how many times have we watched the? I've watched Game Seven of the World Series from 2016 um, a couple times now, and just that, like, even that sequence where Ross comes in as a substitute, Lester throws one in the dirt, and he doesn't, you know, conks him in the, <laughs> the head, and two, you know, run or two red score. And you're like, oh, my God, I remember he came in and he was such a knuckle. You know, he appeared to be a knucklehead, even though it wasn't you know, really true. And then an inning or two later, right, he hits a home run. Oh, and, and, yeah. and, and his final game is a World Series win and a home run. And just uh, so I think of, of I think our window for the Cubs with this core group is closing. And I think I, I have more confidence in him to be able to tap into whatever motivation these guys need uh, to get it done more than than any other kind of unknown quantity. So, yeah, but, you know, I've heard his press release or his uh, his news release or news conferences, and I just like him. He seems kind of like I like Mad because he was honest. He didn't dance or you know he there was got, no bullshit. Yeah, he, he got a <laughs> lot of stuff. You know, I might not agree with all of what he said, but. Uh, you know, interesting guy, and I think I think David Ross strikes me as an interesting guy too. I like, you know, baseball also favors catchers as managers because of you know their vision and how they see the game. Therefore, I think his ability, especially since he's caught some of these pitchers, he should have a better indication of you know 
like when to pull somebody and when not, you know, someone like a Hendricks who, you know, Joe pulled a couple times early for, for most of us. Um, I think uh, Rossi will let him go. Yeah. And I, I think it is, it, 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 it's interesting though, because I think at the beginning it was, how is he going to handle, you know, you talk about it as a positive that he's managed some of these people, but some people were also talking about it as a negative. Is he going to get the respect of the clubhouse? How is it going to be that he's about the same age as some of these, these players? Um, but I think honestly the, the benefit of the pandemic for them is that they've been able to, you know, they've probably been able to have more team meetings. They've been able to work out more. They've been able to map out a plan for how this season's going to look. So I think it, it actually could be helpful because he's gotten instead of, you know, all the pressure being on in in April, he's gotten months and months to even further those bonds with the team and, and kind of further outline what the Cubs are going to look like under his management. Well, and also when he was playing, remember they called him Grandpa Rossi, right? <laughs> yeah. right? So he was already seen as older than them because he was. He was already in his late 30s. And remember, he wasn't also the starting catcher, right? He was the backup catcher. So most of the time he was he was on the bench and from what you hear from the reports and stuff – you know, he was as likely to get into somebody's face if they didn't run it, you know, run out something to first or if they did a bonehead play. So I think the fact that, that he could hold player other players accountable as a player tells me that he has the respect that he needs and uh, and that, you know, he's going to tell it like it is. Um, yeah, maybe somebody like Lester you could imagine where, you know they they played together a lot, right? They played for the Red Sox together, I think. Yeah. In Ross, yeah. Play, you know, so maybe that one's a t- yeah. I I want to see him go take the ball from Lester in a critical juncture and see what that interchange is, is like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I'm I'm totally happy with uh, with him leading it. We'll see see what he did. It's going to be hard to tell. Like even judge him after sixty games. This is so hard of a you know if they don't get off to a good start and and. Um, you know, we'll, 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 it'll be hard to judge him as as a manager when you just got sixty games to, to look back on. Absolutely, and I guess I want to talk about the hitting side because one thing that you were talking about is 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 you know the you know, Madden not having the tools around him to to succeed maybe in those last couple of years and how the window might be closing. I guess I kind of want to push back on that a little bit because I think that the area of the Cubs that has been neglected for years and years and years is the outfield because I love Jason Hayward. He's got the speech. He's got the gold gloves, but he cannot hit consistently. Come on. You forgot he, he has the rain-delayed speeches in the World that's Series. What I'm, I'm, that's the speech he's got, but – you know, we have no consistent option in center field. Don't tell me that the platoon of Albert Almora and Ian Happ is going to really get things done because they've never shown it. And just because Ian Happ hit a home run on opening day, either last, I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago, suddenly he was the future. He's looked terrible. Almora can barely, he either gets a hit or he strikes out i mean he, his on base percentage is non-existent he can't take a walk schwarber had a good year last year hit a bunch of home runs hit a bunch of rbis but then you think about him defensively he's he's you might you might give him credit i think he's still a bum out there in left field no i was just shaking my head as he's gotten better i mean he was he was not good early on he's gotten better he's he's got a cannon for an he can he can he's got a cannon for a I kind of agree with you, 
Um, again, though, I, I maybe I watch the World Series replay too often because uh, <clears throat> El Moro got on base, or maybe they put him in as a pinch runner, and in the late innings he tagged up on like a ball from that went to the wall, and he tagged up from first to second, and then scored on the next play. It was like one of the heads heads up play that you're going to see. <clears throat> Is that holding over for four years for me, you know, or three years for me, or four now? Probably, but yeah, you're right. The, That's yeah. holding up, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, Wait, this is this is how this is how teams this is how teams that win a championship get bad is that they just say, oh, these players were so good for us in this season, in this moment. It doesn't matter. Well, all that matters is the current production. I mean, it. That's not to say like like a guy like Lester, you you keep him on even if he's declining because you know he's done so much. But the the the, the role players, the menial guys, like who cares? Like replace them. They, they, there's no excuse for them knowing that this was a problem in going into the off season and doing nothing. I don't give a shit about Rickett's excuses of oh we don't have enough you know we don't have enough money to make these moves. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, so so you, you'll take offense over defense, though? Uh, yeah, right? yeah. I'll take... loved, so you must love Nick last year. Um, Castellanos. Yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean, they should have made an effort to re-sign him. There's, a, there's our, our doorbell is ringing for some un, unknown reason. Um but yeah, I would have taken. I, I, they should have made an effort to resign him, and instead he goes to our division rival, the Reds. What's that? Come on, he he was such an injection, and and all the Cubs seem to be able to do these days is to buy these rentals for cheap, and 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 then let them go in the off season because they can't afford to pay them. But them not affording to pay them is just because they can't trade any of these contracts to other teams. But they should make a a, a more concerted effort to. I don't know. That's just where I stand. The fact that, yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you have any any closing thoughts on on this opening day? I know we've we've covered a lot of ground here. Again, let me reiterate: not opening day for me because it includes the Yankees, who I hate, like most baseball <laughs> fans should. Um, I'm just happy. I'm happy that we're talking about it. I'm happy to come home tomorrow night. Hopefully, we'll crack a beer. Uh, sit in front of the TV or hijack some kind of stream if Comcast. You, you want to get mad? How about Comcast and Marquee? Get your freaking asses together and get it on my TV. Otherwise, you think we're not going to be able to figure out how to watch it? No, we're going to figure out how to watch it. Uh, he's, got so, a, he's got a tech gadget wonder kid who can rip the stream. Yeah, so we're going to rip the stream, as the kids say. So get your get the deal done so I can get it on my TV. Otherwise, Comcast, man. I don't know, man. I might, you know, I might, I might cut the cord at some point if you can't get your act together. They can't even get you this, sports. This is a basic right, you know. I need my baseball on it. Um, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, um, hopefully we won't have to say wait until next year uh, for this Cubs team. Um, the window's closing, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see whether they can. Uh, you know, you just got to get a little lucky this year to, 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 to go all the way. Sure, sure. Well, again, thank you for joining us here today on the 21st episode of Let's Talk. Um, And happy baseball. Uh, Enjoy the games today, the two games tonight, and of course, the more important Cubs opening day tomorrow against the Brewers. Thank you so much and have a great day.